Welcome to Around the Keg, your one-stop shop for hot takes and cold beer. This episode, we have a special guest, Garrett Chapman of 92.9 The Game and the Dopey Millennial Show. On tap for this week, we've got college football media days, Witt Stadium Tour Road Trip, the Braves of the Trade Deadline, and a whole lot more. Now let's pop the tab. Garrett, welcome to the show. We got Garrett Chapman here. Uh, he is a member of the 92.9 The Game team and one of two on the Dopey Millennials uh, radio show. Garrett, tell us a little bit more about what you do over there. Yeah, man. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. I know we've been talking about this for a little while, so I'm glad I could be here. But yeah, Dopey Millennials, man. We uh, So the name comes from somebody at the station who just calls all of the millennials there Dopey Millennials. And... It is in our industry, like younger folks are, are kind of uh, looked down on, you know, just because they're younger and, and whatever, but uh, less tenured, so to speak. And so we decided to make it our own. They've been calling us dopey millennials at the station for as long as I could remember. So there are two dopey millennials on the station. So we said, screw it. Might as well make it our own. And there we go. So we do it weekends. We only, we only have two hours right now, but we're, we're working towards uh, putting some more time in. So. When you say weekends, is it every Friday, every, Saturday? It is inconsistently, depending on Atlanta United scheduling and everything else that comes on. I mean, schedules in Atlanta are, are wild. Uh, mm. So just getting on the air, first and foremost, is incredible. But um, no, last we did last Saturday. We have this coming Saturday at 10 o'clock. Um, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I mean, talking sports on the radio, someone found someone to pay us to do it. And I mean, look, at the end of the day, that's a, that's a dream come true. Yeah, we're still working on that one here. So we're, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll get yourself some sponsors, man. I mean, look, I, we got Miller Lite everywhere, so I mean, like, might as well get them to sponsor, right? No, no, not. <laughs> no Bush Lennon's Light. a Bush guy. I'm, I'm a Bush, You're a Bush guy. guy. He's a Kevin He's Hart. Randy McMichael. So Randy McMichael at the station. He was a uh, played at Georgia. Played for uh, Dolphins, Chargers. He also is a massive Bush Light guy, and you can you'll never find him with a. Uh, a, a, a what are they called? The the white claws or anything else like that. So never find him with one, but. No, Bushlight, yeah, I'm not a Bushlight guy. I'm more of like a Tropicali guy or like I'm the shirt I'm wearing and everything. It's a great beer. It's a craft beer, man. We'll see what's... A little craft beer, man. A little IPA. Tropicali, if you have... Delicious. One too many, then your head starts to hurt really bad. See, Bushlight's like water at the end of the day. I was about it, to say. It's, it's, like, it's, more, it's more hydration than it actually is alcohol. You know, that's what they say. It's like you're supposed to have like one glass of water for every alcoholic beverage you have, but you know what? It's already in the Miller or Bushlight. So you don't really need one, right? See, I usually play where you have one bush light per tropicalia. And then it kind of evens itself <laughs> out. You're pretty much just hydrating and getting rid of the dehydration. You know how it is. But <laughs> no. There you go. There you go. That's that's probably the best way to do it. So what's it like working for a 929 the game? Because first of all, I list, I used to listen to that radio show all the time before Sirius XM. You know, I was about to say used to. I, I gotta, well, I, I, <laughs> I got Sirius XM put in my truck. <laughs> Tell me and, how you really feel, man. And no, it's awesome. Before it's, that, it's great. You know, it's awesome. Like I, Dukes and Bell. I used to listen to Dukes and Bell all the time. Bell, and, yeah, I was listening to them today. Actually, yeah, they're, just, they're good dudes, man. Great they're radio. Are, they're a lot of fun. They're, those guys are a lot of fun. They got their own beer. Speaking of which, um, yeah, it's so at that's, um, that's pretty damn. Cool. They have their own beer. It's, it's at yeah, Twin Peaks. Man Ale. Yeah, it's at Eight Twin Man Peaks. Ale. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's on it's on it's on draft at, at Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, but we they have it's Heyman Ale. I think it's Oconee Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's good beer. It's really good. It's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. It's they have one that's like a summer like a blonde ale or something like that. So you don't have to give me a reason to go to Twin Peaks. It's delicious. I think, <laughs> I think you can get it at Kroger too. If not you can. I, I found it at um at a lot of liquor stores and gas stations and and yeah. they're growing it. It's wherever you can find your Oconee beer. Right? There you go. So it's pretty good. Eat some uh, Duke's and Twin Peaks. It is little Duke's and Duke's and Bell beer. Get all the rest of that. So my follow up is going to be at Twin Peaks, right? Yeah, no, we'll, we'll do a live show at Twin Peaks coming up soon. Deal. You think we can get Matt out there for Twin Peaks? Yeah. Mm, no, no. Matt, no Matt today. It's school season. We'll see what happens with that. <laughs> Those guys are living, living the life. They have five hours on the radio during afternoon drive, which is probably, in, in, in the radio terms, it's two. It's like the afternoon show. So when people yeah. are leaving, and that's when those people are on the roads, generally. So that's like our prime show. But those guys are great. It starts at what, like two? Two o'clock. Two o'clock, two till seven, yeah, Monday till through seven. Friday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the guys before them, two who, who, till who Andy and Randy. Andy Make and Randy. Show. I love Andy and Randy. Good. I, I, like, like I didn't know too. they go from two till seven. That was yeah, a long man. time. That was a long show. So the other guys down the street, six eighty. Most of them go two hour shows. Um, just an interesting format. I mean, like the the way we do it, like we're kind of like aligned more with what Nielsen does, uh, which is like the governing body or whatever of of uh, broadcast, you know. But. Uh, Look, it's a lot of fun. I mean, at the end of the day, it's sports radio. Don't take yourself too seriously. We're talking yeah. about Falcons training camp when some other people are talking about, I don't know, literally anything else, you know? So it's not exactly hard-hitting political news, but it's fun. <laughs> I think my favorite thing is uh, Atlanta Sports Radio, <laughs> 92.9. I love that. Can we clip that? I love that. I Can miss, we clip that? I miss that. <laughs> I miss that a lot when I was in Nashville. I, used to, I had to listen to like the Titans radio and like the them talking about the Come Tennessee on, man, balls the and, the, and the Nashville Predators. I love the Predators stuff. I love like, hearing about all that. Yeah, but the Preds are fun, man. I could honestly, in the end, I really could care less. About we got the Odyssey app, guys. man. Just, just go right in there on the Odyssey app. You can stream us anytime, anywhere. Really? I'm it's a walking billboard right here on my phone. Downloading, downloading that right now. <laughs> when you were there, you used to love hearing about Coach Prude and the volunteers. Oh, that's all I heard about. Oh, God. That's all I heard about before he got fired. Yeah. How many wins did he have per allegation? Was it 1.2? 1.2 per McDonald's bag. Uh, for every McDonald's bag he handed out. It's a, that's a lot of money for a Big Mac, you know? <laughs> expensive Big Mac. So wait, at, least, um, at least throw in the fries, right? Yeah, you think maybe a shake or something. Maybe yeah. a shake, maybe a little McFlurry. Maybe maybe they can get the ice cream machine working for that one. I highly doubt it. So when um you're you're wearing this ice eyesore of a t shirt right now. It's Tropicalia? Or no, no, no. oh no, no Texas. I was like, I was like, are you talking about <laughs> you talking about I was like, which, him, dude? I thought it was a pretty cool I shirt. The, I love your shirt. <laughs> but but which shirt I I'm not I, I, I just don't it say? like it. They're back. Uh, I, you won't even hear that. Well, from certainly me. not back. You will. You will. You will enjoy hearing this from me, Lando. I, you know, I did the stadium tour road trip. We, I uh, showcased it on my Instagram, as some of you might have seen. I uh, got tons of good feedback, even a little bit of cash thrown my way, fifty dollars actually. And um, what's you get a little bit of that nil money? Yeah, you know, for myself, yeah, of course. I love it. Yeah, I guess nil, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I will say the worst place I went to. I think on that trip was Louisiana Monroe, but right behind it was definitely the University of Texas. I loved Austin. Austin, great city, tons of good stuff to do, lots of good drinking spots, which you guys know I love to drink. Um, but the University of Texas, I don't know if it's just because there was so much construction going on 
or uh, if it was just, you know, maybe because it was smack in the middle of the city that I didn't like it, but like the stadium, the campus, everything about it, it was just kind of old and bland. I, I really didn't like it. I would say, um, so I ended up getting to go to Baylor. I got to go to Texas A&M. I got to go to Louisiana Monroe. Um, started off in Louisiana Lafayette. I saw SMU. Uh, stopped in at Houston. I didn't go to the College of Houston, but I went to NRG Stadium. I went to Minute Maid Park. And uh, I'd say out of all of them, besides getting the tour of AT&T Stadium, which is unbelievable, easily the coolest place I've ever been to in my life. It was like being in a spaceship that was sitting on the ground. Did you sneak in or... or to AT&T? Was, was that no, we ball? snuck into the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> yeah, so we got to go on the field. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Start, start over. You, you snuck into the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. No, we actually... <laughs> Can you walk me through this story? Yeah, hold on. You guys so, all know this already? Yeah, they, oh, uh, yeah, we have a group message. You're, you're not. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they, so um, on the stadium tour, I did my best to get on to every single field I went to, and by that I mean I took a lap around just to see if there was an open gate. And so Baylor was the first one I got to go to. There was a little open gate for maintenance. Walked straight down there. Maintenance guys saw me and everything. I just waved to them. They were cool. Let me walk on the field and everything. Took a couple of videos. Um, I got some good pictures and everything. Uh, I went to TCU. Got to do laps around the stadium. There were some cheerleaders hanging out down there. So we waved at them. Um, got to get some good videos in there. Got to go to SMU. They had the same deal. Cotton Bowl was the only one. That was open, and people actually gave a crap that we were in there. So we walked in, me and uh, our buddies Mark and Nathan, and uh, me and Hunter were there too. So we walk in. There's this gate barely, barely, barely open, just a sliver open. And we walk into the gate, walk up to the stands. There's nobody hanging around or anything. I'm like, y'all, get out of the main area because there's people. they were like just hanging around, you know, oh, look at the concession stand. Wow. I was like, just go to the field. I was like, go to the stands, get away from the area where there might be maintenance people walking because that's usually where you can get kicked out. So we were walking in the stands. We walked down the field and uh, Mark and Nathan touched the field. I got down kind of towards the area, but I didn't technically touch the field. Um, but got a good video. Not incriminating inside. statements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just at the, the in, in in case the Dallas police are listening to this right now, or I guess Arlington. I know that's not Arlington. That's Dallas or Plano. I don't even know where <laughs> where we are. There's like 19 cities in in Dallas that it just confused. Probably gonna be Dallas Fort Worth. I think it was Dallas. Um, but as we were coming out, me and Hunter, uh, per not per my instructions. We're standing right in the walkway of coming up into the stands. And so, of course, a security guard passes by them and looks up there and goes, what in the world are these people doing? So they go up there, kick them out. I'm walking up, try, like just on my way out, and I see them talking to her. And so they leave. And so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to stand in the stands for about 10 seconds, see what happens. And Mia had called me, and I didn't, I didn't answer my phone because I knew where she was. And she texted me and said, hey, we just got caught. They just, they just told us to leave. It wasn't a big deal. So I come up behind the security guard. I, I like come out the other side of where she was. I snuck around her like real quick. You know, I wasn't being quiet or anything. I just, I just walked right behind her. She didn't even look at me. I get to the gate where we were and she had locked it behind them because she thought those were the only two. So, so I literally, I got over there. I said, oh crap. And then she turns around and goes, oh, you too? And I was like, yeah. And of course, Mark and Nathan are still down at the field. So they hadn't even come up yet. So I walked out and I texted Mark and Nathan. I was like, hey, come up. And you're going to have to tell the security guard you're there or you're not going to be able to get out of the stadium. So they walked up too. And I think they were the only ones the security guard was pretty upset with. I think the rest of us, she was upset that we were there, but she was like, they weren't doing, we weren't doing anything. I mean, we were just taking pictures of the stadium and stuff, but I got some great pictures, uh, got some good memories and good stories to tell. So yeah, with I did something that I like that. A, with all I took a stadium tour of like five colleges and then had to up it to 20. Yeah, I did so. 20, 
20 stops, I think 25 stadiums, 23. That's pretty well, cool. Wit is the only one that can take off like three weeks. I took one work. week. <laughs> I took one week. <laughs> Sounds and like I a left, month. I left a little early on Friday. Yeah, it was pretty sick, man. Sounds no, like you could give us a pretty like top three, bottom three. Of the stadium like the stadiums, tour? yeah. You like Texas A and M though, right? I remember you said I like A and M's campus. Actually, surprised me. I thought I wouldn't like it as much as I did. The stadium. How far west did you go? I went all the way to. So I went down to Lafayette, Louisiana. It was about nine hour drive, and I stopped in Auburn. I stopped in LSU, and I stopped in at South Alabama on my way down there. So those are my first three. And I did Louisiana, Lafayette. Did the full campus tour with me and Hunter because they work for the football team down there now. And then I did, um, after that, it was five and a half hours to Austin, but you go through Houston to get there. So I went to Houston and I met my buddy Dakota in Houston. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And he came and met me at NRG Stadium, drove around with me. Um, we got a couple pictures of the stadium. It was kind of hard to see because there were so many trees and stuff in the way. Um, and they have tons and tons of parking, but they had all the parking lots locked because there's some event going on there. I uh, went to Minute Maid Park, and literally the only reason I even went there was so I could take a picture in my Atlanta Braves World Series shirt. Good man. And uh, do like Good man. selfies. Because you know they <laughs> won man. the World Series in Minute Maid Park. Uh, I, I didn't know that. I, yeah. I, I I just only went to a you know World Series game with you. Yeah, that's true. They also the blew a 3 1. <laughs> the battery. They also blew a 3 1 was no in LCS lead there. There was no line. History. Oh, oh that's true. God. Either way, it was it was enjoyable. You, yeah, you know, the thing is, picture. they expelled the demons with uh, Jorge Soler's home run in the bottom of the sixth inning. They sure did. So they sure did, and we're about yeah, to that do was more than a home run. That was a that was a moonshot. It was a moonshot. It was a blast. I still see it on Twitter about once a week. <laughs> but I did, um, I did Austin after that, and uh, I went to like the some famous Broken Spoke is what it's called. It's in one of George Strait's. It's like on his album cover. The uh, it's like a uh, what's it called? Like a square dancing place. So I did a little square dancing, and I got to meet some old people who were, I guess. Not famous, but are engulfed in the history of of country music. They're not famous. They're not famous, but they know there. There's like this whole area dedicated to like George Strait and uh, Alan Jackson had some stuff in there, and then George Jones had a bunch of stuff, and they had like old cereal boxes and like beer bottles and stuff that were dedicated to all the country stars that I thought was really cool. Um, we did that. That was miserable. It was ten dollar cover, and there were so many dang people there that I was sweating my balls off. But um, it was a good time. Got that was to see in Houston? Austin. That was in Austin. Austin, okay. Yeah, that was in Austin. the city that I've always wanted to go to is Austin, Texas. I've actually never been to Texas, but I mean, I want to go to Austin specifically more than anything. It's they got a, a cool really lake, cool right? city. Yeah, It's a really yeah, beautiful lake, and yep. then it's like they got bars, like that line, like two double-decker bars that line the yep. outside of the lake. And it's like one of the coolest places, apparently. One of my coworkers went to UT. And, dude, that's a place that I'd love to go to. I don't know if this is the same lake or not, because I, I don't know if I was I think there's only one lake. But um, there's a big bridge that goes over. I guess it's like a lake or a river. And they have this tradition where every, it's like every Wednesday night or something, bats that live under that bridge fly off. Like it, it's like at 10 p.m. or something like that. And it's at, it happens at the same time every week. And it's like tons and tons of bats. They just like fly off into the sky and they do like some kind of looped around or whatever. And that's a I, didn't, I didn't see it, but yeah, it's some like awesome tradition. Like it happens like literally. So they go out and like celebrate it? Yeah. So they'll go out like, and, like stand on the bridge <laughs> and they'll like throw There's like some kind of like bat feed. So they'll just like throw it in the air or whatever. I don't know. Kind of kind of a weird tradition. Something nothing I've re- really ever heard before. So what you're saying is I didn't do it. Don't go to Austin, Texas. Yeah, don't go there. It's terrible. I'm not gonna go there anyway. Awful place. Oh, Texas, yeah. The the, the Campus of Texas wasn't great. I honestly think inside the stadium would be a lot cooler, like inside some of the facilities. 
I'll go there when the uh, when maybe like when Georgia or LSU or one of those other programs like twenty twenty. Well, well, when they join the SEC, yeah, that's a good point. I'll, I was going to say they, they had a home I, and home. My hope is that hopefully I'll be working for one of these networks at that point, so I can actually make an excuse <laughs> to go out there. You know, so well, if you get an extra ticket, I'm coming. <laughs> I got you. I'll, I'll, take, you. I'll take another You're week on the off wait work. I, yeah. I have no problem doing that. You're on the wait list. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but I did Austin, and then I uh, I went up to see Mark in, in uh, Fort Worth. But on my way, I took a little detour. I went to College Station, went up through Baylor. Um, I stopped at this little Croatian place. I can't remember the name of the little snack they had there that everybody told me to get. But some little like Croatian donut type thing that was very good. And uh, went up to Fort Worth and did a lot of drinking. Got to go to Dallas. Got to go to Arlington and do all that kind of stuff. So it was a it was a good trip. Stopped in at Louisiana Monroe and uh, Louisiana, what Louisiana Tech, I think. Yeah, you really did go everywhere, didn't you? I went everywhere. Yeah, and then I passed by Jackson State. And I didn't. I never did it. How and, many uh, How many miles did you put on your car? Probably close to two thousand miles, something like that. Damn. Yeah, it was a lot of driving. I was at like one hundred seven something, and now I'm at like one hundred nine. All right, man. It was, I mean, I would kill to do that in my truck, but I think it was would awesome. Die 500 miles in. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, your truck would die absolutely. Mine, yeah, dude. Mine was, mine was. I felt like mine was starting to give out a little bit. I don't know. That's, I don't a, lot know. Of, that's a lot of driving for any car. Yeah. Well, I honestly felt like I think it was like a mental thing. I was like, oh god, I'm gonna break down in the middle of Texas and have to call somebody. But um, that's whatever. That's what AAA is for. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you can be in an area where AAA. They have to call a local towing service, and that towing service is either closed or they're not, you know, 24 hours. So I have State Farm. Or, or they're like four hours away. Or they're four Dylan, hours away, so you're going to yeah. sit there at for Dylan Carter hours. State Farm. If you're not a Dylan member Carter. of it, uh, go get it. The, Dylan Carter State Farm. I, 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 was, was, Dylan, I was Dylan Carter's first, one of his first customers, official customers, mm. back in 2000. What, 18, 2019, back in the day, you know? So, I thought you were going to say no, a, no, no, no. a, a longer number, like 2006, the way you No, 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 no. 2000. No, he, was, he, dude, he was at Southern. 2015. No. 2015, excuse me. It was 2015. I don't know why I said 2019. That's just not true. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated college in 2018. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he was doing it in 2015? Yeah, that's when he started. I didn't know that. He started in July of 2015, and I got my, I got my car in July of 2015. He did it while he was in school? Yeah. So I got his branch when he's... 25. Holy cow. Yeah, he's got his own branch, his own agency. Hey, pour one out for Dylan Carter, man. That guy's yeah. killing it. Dude's killing it, man. He's he doing is. a great job. Good for him, man. Yeah, he's got a kid now, too. I got saw a baby. That. Yeah. Beautiful wife. Mm -hmm. Beautiful Never baby. forget my first time meeting him, but I can't say that on here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it after. Yeah, off that'll here. be after. Yeah, we'll okay. talk about that off here in the bullpen, you know? <laughs> in the bullpen. <laughs> Garrett, you get to you, you got to cover some media days, right? Yeah. So one of the big things I've been doing at the station. So I'm the executive producer of the College Football Game Time, which is our, I guess, our version of College Game Day, if you will. You know, so we we talk mostly SEC and ACC football, and we get into national storylines, name name, image, and likeness, conference expansion, whatever, 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 all these national things. But um, one of the other things I do is I do a lot of reporting, and so hand in hand. SEC Media Days right here in Atlanta, so I was able to to go and be a part of that all four days that it was here. And let me tell you, it's a it's a spectacle, man. They they put on they put on the whole uh, uh, the whole show for everybody, man. It's a it's a lot of fun. Long hours, a lot of fun. Where it's was it hosted at this year? College Football Hall of Fame. Oh. Yeah, so just down the street. Is it um, is it always there now? I don't. It used no, to be in like no, no, Hoover, no. right? So it's it's normally in Hoover. Yeah. Um, they've but they, I think Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, he wants to 
start moving it around. So next year it's going to be in Nashville, um, oh, nice. and then it's probably going to go back to Hoover. They had it in Nashville maybe a couple of years ago, uh, but it was supposed to be in Atlanta in 2020, and obviously COVID happened and that couldn't happen. So they they changed things up and they brought it back over. And it's a great time, man. I mean, like they have ESPN there, SEC Network, so you're just walking. It's, it's one of those places where you're just walking around, and all of a sudden, Tim Tebow is like standing next to you. That's how I met Tim Tebow, because he was. We were just standing in the back of the room, listening to Jimbo Fisher talk, um, and I'm sitting there like taking note, mental notes of everything he's saying. And I just look to my right, and Tim Tebow's standing there, and he's as big as you think he is, if not bigger. He's a monster of a man. And I looked over at him, and I was like. You're Tim Tebow. <laughs> you know, it's just, no, it's just cool stuff, man. Paul Feinbaum, all, all these other folks are there. Um, and then it's really the Nick Saban show, you know. So he walks in and that, that man commands an audience that I've never seen anybody respected in the way that the media respects Nick Saban when he walks into a room. Like that whole place. It was to the point where he was the first person to speak on Tuesday morning. And he walks out and you can hear. I don't know if you guys have been in the College Football Hall of Fame where that field is. I've been in there. Yeah, it's been a while. There's a, a like a the roof is like some like a dome or something like that, you know. So you can hear when it was raining real bad outside. Nick Saban was announced by by Greg Sankin. He walked up on stage and the rain stopped. <laughs> Even God said we got to listen. I got questions now, man. I mean, is is he is he a, like a truly a football god? Like because he walks out and the rain stops and then he leaves the stage and like someone like, and this, the rain starts again. So it would, like, it would not surprise me if he had some kind of superhuman ability. <laughs> not it it wouldn't surprise me at all. No, I went and saw a statue last week and I, you know, I cursed it. <laughs> I did the best <laughs> I could. again. I cursed it again. Every time I go, I go to I go over to his uh, his statue, plant a couple Ooh, candles. Those two are uh, playing this year. Texas and Alabama. Oh, yeah. That'll be a lot of fun, man. That's going to be a great football oh, game. Yeah. A lot of people asked about that. That's all that town's talking about right now. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be... It's going to uh, be a massacre. It's not going to be a great football game. It's going to be a good football game. And the whole build-up when ESPN and College Game Day are all there, and then it's going to be about 45 to nothing at halftime. Those so. Texas fans <laughs> have it convinced that they're they're back next year and they're beating Alabama. Yeah. So Quinn Ewers, yeah, got, Quinn Ewers is a great quarterback. Quinn Ewers is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he's not going to win a national championship, and he's certainly not going to beat Alabama. No. Even ESPN has them slightly favored over Oklahoma, which is just like I don't understand I that fair. either. Well, I mean, you, you think it's fair? It? You think it's fair? So, I, where's so, the, where's oh, it, where, yeah, you no, should it's, know that Lando's just, an Oklahoma fan. Just, just I, I can tell from the hat. The hat. Oklahoma G- hat. Give me your your honest opinion of why you think that's fair. It's a rivalry. Yeah, that's, you have that, a brand that, new that, head coach. That's, that's honestly you got a, a, a rivalry. You've got a you've got a new head coach. A guy who's never been a head coach before, right? You just lost sure. your quarterback. You lost your wide receiver. We lost our quarterback and got one that knows the system of our offensive coordinator, though. Yeah, and you lost Lincoln Riley. Like so, no, I mean, no. It, I think it's perfectly got Jeff fair. Levy. Oh come no, on! So oh, I, come on! So, so listen. <laughs> okay, okay. So listen. <laughs> Tell me, I think possibly <laughs> upgrading from Lincoln Riley, who's probably the best offensive mind in college football. Tell me honestly. I think to my I, face. I right think. Now. I think to your face, I'm gonna tell you right now. I think, <laughs> I think, the new Matt. I think, I think, I think, as a team, Oklahoma is You're a better football team, gr- probably vastly upgrading. I think this game Over against Lincoln Texas, Riley? yes. What are you oh, talking about? You see how soft the team was last year, as opposed I saw, to I saw, I saw two Heisman Trophy winners and two college. You football saw playoffs. two Heisman Trophy winners, two college football playoffs. Both got more than the rest of the bo- both got beaten up, and both college football playoff games like smacked by better football teams. That, that Georgia, Except for that Georgia. Georgia-Oklahoma game was one of the best football games I've ever seen. What about LSU? What oh, about LSU. That LSU team was doing that to everybody. Yeah. What, what, what yeah, about yeah, Alabama? That Alabama that, team was doing it to everybody, That's too. what I'm talking about, but still, those are, those are games that you can play tough football. 
Sure. And not get blown out. I like by Brent 45. Venables. I, don't, don't get me wrong. I like Brent Venables a lot. I think he's going to bring a good culture to, to Oklahoma. I think he's a great coach, man. I mean, like he cut his teeth at Oklahoma under under Stoops, and then he goes over to to, to Clemson and cuts his and, and has probably he's probably the best defensive coordinator in the country with Dabo Sweeney, and then he goes over to Oklahoma. I think he's going to be great. But why why am I concerned about a line? Week six of the season in his first oh, year as a head coach. I'm not concerned about the line. I'm just, I mean, you know, just point that out. ESPN thinks yeah, that's fine. Thinks I think, well, I think is, it's interesting too, just because I mean, the way that Texas was last year. I mean, I mean, I know they bring in Quinn Ewers and they bring on all these good transfers and stuff like that, and they bring back um, Xavier Worthy and all that kind of stuff. Probably have one of the best running backs in the country but too. I can't see a team losing to Kansas and then coming in next year favorite against Oklahoma. Without, and I'm also without stepping on the field. Nick Saban lost to Louisiana Monroe his first year. That's true. So, I mean, I'm not going to... We're going to compare some, Steve Sarkeesian to He was a better program than Kansas. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to say that. But I'm going to compare the Texas program necessarily to, to the, the Alabama program at the time. I can mm. do that. 2007 Alabama. I, I, I can go there. Kirby what was Smart lost to Vanderbilt. Kirby Smart lost to Vanderbilt. I mean, that was a good Vanderbilt. These teams, these teams game. happen. These yeah, I know you were. You're sitting, <laughs> sitting next to me. I'm not going to judge a program based off of where they were year one. He was cutting it down to the bolts, and now he's, he's rebuilding it. And are they back? They do that no. every four years still. <laughs> I'm going to get a new coach and cut it yeah, down to I, the bolts. Steve Sarkeesian, Steve Sarkeesian was very good at Washington. He was very good at USC before he obviously had his uh, – He had to, I mean, he had his issues. And then he's a great offensive mind who went and did it for the Falcons. He was a very good offensive coordinator for the Falcons. Got run out of town. And then he came to uh, to Alabama, and he, was, he won a national championship. He's coached some very good quarterbacks, and this is probably the most highly touted quarterback he's ever had with Quinn Ewers. Very good quarterback. I mean, people forget about it because he went his, – his senior year of high school, he, he bypassed it to go to Ohio State. For NIL money. For name, image, and likeness money. He had a million dollars on the table. And does this mean – He just transfers. Does this mean Texas is your pick to win the Big 12 next year? No, Baylor's probably my pick. Baylor? Year, okay. But Great pick. Baylor yeah, plays. Fine pick. Yeah. I'm, big, I'm also, I'm big, I'm also not – tough really. football, man. I'm not too enamored with whatever happens in the Big 12. Back to the stadium tour, which brings us back here. <laughs> <laughs> Baylor, <laughs> out of all the college towns I got to go to – Baylor was 100% my favorite. Waco, yeah, Texas. They have a giant lake. Waco's a lot of dude, fun, the, the, Have you been there before? I've never been to Texas. You ever been to, te- you ever been to Texas at all? He said what? that earlier. He's oh, like, like 15 minutes. Completely overlooked that. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible <laughs> listener. No, but fine, man. Waco, Texas. Small, small little town. There's, it's honestly, it, it's like Statesboro, Georgia. If Georgia Southern was like way bigger and nicer and like a private school. Because the, like my favorite thing about Baylor, the stadium is on this huge lake. And there's a bridge that goes from the stadium to campus. That's where they have the kids run in on day one, right? So all that, the freshmen, yeah, I think they do. Um, yeah. I, it's, I, I don't, all the freshmen just come day streaming one. in. Actually, I think they thing. changed that to it's like a a prime time game because I know that they did it against Oklahoma like three times. Mm. We played them in prime time. They had the <laughs> the freshmen rush the the field. And whatnot. That's actually pretty cool. They're the freshmen. Yeah, cool. They're the first oh, people the, into the game. At the well, yeah, they're the, they well, everyone's in the stands, no, and then they the leave game. a little section, uh, and they all the run game. into the stadium or whatever. So they're a fun, they're a fun little team. But I mean, look, they've got Dave Aranda. I mean, like they've got a good thing going down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had some serious issues. I mean, they're a fine pick to win the Big Twelve. I think it's it. it, it could, I mean, Oklahoma could win. They need a Texas could win. They have a lot of issues. Oklahoma State was a good a good team last year. Iowa State lost Brees Hall, and after Brees Hall's gone, I don't really know what their identity is. Who was the Baylor's coach last year? Uh, Did it end up being Zeno? Jay Zeno or something? Um, He was, I mean, he was what you expect an athlete quarterback. He he 
he could run and scramble out of the pocket, but he couldn't really throw. He, he could make a couple throws here and there. He could beat Notre Dame. Okay. Did he? Right. Yeah, he did. Where was that Oklahoma State? No, they beat, they beat Ole Miss. Was it? Were they Ole Oklahoma State beat? No, that's what. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. They Notre smacked had, had the big lead, and then they came yeah. back. And but let's that's be right. honest. That Baylor team beat those teams because of tough football and defense. Yeah, I agree. Not because that. Of that quarterback. No, probably not. But I mean, no, I wasn't. Look, the Big Twelve. I don't think anybody's really holding their breath over on the national stage. I don't think anybody's really holding their breath over what's happening in the Big Twelve at this point. At this I point. Mean, at this point, right now. I mean, it's like plays smash mouth football and yes, no, they don't. Not anymore. Not smash mouth. Compared no. c- compare to, comparatively speaking, to no. the Big Twelve, the Pac Twelve. Not, not really. The, the only, 12. the only pro. I mean, not really. Not necessarily. I wouldn't say. That. I mean, it's a spread offense. It's it's the name name of modern college football. They play tough, and there's better athletes. They're they're more touted recruits. They're better players. I would but, say a solid number of the teams in the SEC still play pretty. Smash Mouth, nah, not right. I mean, most of them I mean, run the spread. It's Kentucky, one of the Kentucky, trenches, though. Kentucky has moved to. Uh, moved it's to, more spread. It's more running. They're so. spreading out the football a little bit. More. Everybody we saw that with Will Levis, but with Will Levis up there. Will Levis yeah. is a very good quarterback there. I mean, he'll be on the Falcons' radar next year, I'm sure. And and look, I mean, he's got all the tools to God, be a professional quarterback. He's a great, he's a he's a good player, man. He, he carried himself really well. I talked to him a few times actually. Did, <laughs> oh, you, did you get to he see him? He was just standing put. on his own, and I, so I just would go up did and talk. Do the, yeah. Did you see the mayonnaise? Man- I didn't see the mayonnaise thing. thing. I did not see the mayonnaise thing. Thank God. Otherwise, I probably <laughs> wouldn't have gone to talk to him. But <laughs> no, but he's 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 got a good head on his shoulders. It seems like at least, but. He's a good player. I mean, like they they spread the ball around in the SEC. Not it's not this isn't the SEC of 2012. You know well, that's, that's what I was changed. Mm-hmm. Smash mouth football from 2012 to t- to now is different. You can still run like spread offenses mm-hmm. and still win the game in the trenches and defensively. So that's but at the like end of the day, SEC no, but it's, it's, it's hit you in the face. Exactly. They're, 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 they're going to hit. They're they, gonna most of the good the teams first. can still punch you in the mouth. Like Georgia and Alabama, both those teams can just out athlete you, and so they don't really. They, they by the second half they're muscling you and they're just pushing you aside. Which has happened to the Big Twelve with a lot of the program. I mean, you saw that with Arkansas and Texas last year. Like Arkansas just ran them off the field in the trenches. Yep. So, I, so I see where you're coming from. Where you're talking Oklahoma earlier. But Brent Venables a good head coach. I like what he's doing there. What I always thought was funny about that Arkansas game is that was like right after we found out Texas and Oklahoma were coming to the SEC. We didn't really know how good Arkansas was at that time, and so we're like, "Oh, so Texas is coming to be like the worst team in the SEC. That's what they're coming to do." So I remember that was a nice game to watch. I'm very interested to see what those two schools do when they move into the SEC. Yeah. They still got a couple of years, and so like they both have new head coaches, and they're still kind of establishing that identity of what they're going to be. Arch Manning is going to be full fledged guy, which I still think it's Quinn Ewers' job to lose. I think he's going to be very good next year. But what I think is a I don't know really interesting situation about that is like you know Oklahoma and Texas did that, and everybody's been talking about it, and then USC and UCLA talk about it, and they come in, they swoop in like we're going to do it a year before you. And yeah. that I think that's so crazy because everybody was talking about they were having to go through all this contract stuff and UCLA and U- USA were just like, nah, we're going to do it a year before. And I feel like they're taking a lot of that thunder away. Well, I think a large right part now. of the reason they're doing that is because it has to do with their deal with the Pac-12. Right? Yeah. So yeah. timing was perfect. Timing was perfect for them because the Pac, an, an, as bad as it could possibly be for uh, the Pac-12, because oh, the Pac-12 was, scenario. Oh, so they're the midst, they hadn't started their their media deal yet. And so they're going to be broadcasted on on public broadcasting or something like that because they lost their marquee guys, you know. And UCLA was also broke, um, which nobody really knew that they were completely out of money. And so once you get to that situation, it's like, hey, the Big Ten is is they're approaching a new media deal, and it's going to be it was already going to be about a billion dollars for for the Big Ten, 
I mean, because you think about it, like you add, you you have now the three biggest markets in 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 the country: you have Chicago with with Northwestern, and uh, you have New York with Rutgers. You have Washington. You have Washington D.C. with Maryland. You know, so like you've got now, and then you go in and add L.A. Look, I mean, like the money is certainly there, and so the Big Ten's gonna make a fortune. They're raking in money hand over fist. But as far as expansion goes, I mean, nothing's gonna happen until Notre Dame actually makes a decision. Yeah, and it, Notre Dame all hinges on whether or not NBC wants to. Uh... Which I don't. I'm not wholly convinced that they will because they're about to up that ante pretty significantly. I think the only reason they're even talking about it is to get more money out of. It's all money. See. It's all money. Yeah, it's That's all, where yeah, we are. Yeah, That's where we are in college sports. Deal, deal's all about money. No, I it's all money, and money wins. Money at the end of the day. That's all people really care about, and uh, at least these programs do. And and like, come on, is there any any world that USC and UCLA and the Big Ten makes any sense at all? Make zero sense. Take the money out whatsoever. of it completely. So far away. There is, there's no. Like, you're going to tell me that the a, a men's volleyball team is going to travel on a Tuesday afternoon to go play at uh, in Evanston, Illinois, yeah. and and then they're going to come back and, and play like they're play a Tuesday tournament, and then they're back the next that's day. One thing that gets really overlooked. That's a long bus Every ride, man. Sport other yeah. than football is just getting screwed in all these. Every games. single one of them. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. Or exactly. Or equipment it's bus a football driver. game. It's not, it's not about anything else. It's, it's just a football move. Oh, I didn't even just think about football. volleyball. Yeah, no just way. random things. These, these other sports can't even afford to do that. Well, the thing is, is football like football will carry them. Well, the football already carries Actually, them pretty, pretty effectively. Yeah, I mean, carry them doubly. But people, all, there's also this misconception that college athletics actually make money. It doesn't make some money. A couple do. A handful. Oh, one. How many? How many Probably. FBS programs they, are there? 120. I would if if you could point to me thirty schools that made money, I'd be surprised. Yeah, not Ken. <laughs> most most athletic departments are operating at a loss. You might be able to get twenty. I I, I could comfortably say that we can get twenty. Uh, thirty, maybe not, maybe not. So I mean, so if that's the case, that's why programs like UCLA are going broke, and that's why they made a decision that they did and. Look, at the end of the day, like no, it, all these people who say, oh, yeah, the next one, they're going to go get Oklahoma. They're, oh, no, excuse me. They're going to go get Florida State and the SEC and Clemson and Miami, all these other. They're not doing any of that stuff. The amount of money that it's going to cost the AC, or these programs to move conferences is incredible because they're, all of the money that they make is going to go to the next conference. So like they, they, they're, they would have to pay out like $40 million per year just to join the SEC. Yeah, which is why Notre Dame has until twenty thirty six never done anything except for be independent. Because yeah, well, Notre Dame, make- Notre Dame's coming up to they're slightly different. The ACC just has this albatross of a, a media deal that's just hanging. Oh over yeah, their I've heard their media deals just awful. Terrible. It's awful. So they're in bad. They're they're in a tough situation right now. Where are they? At? They're at what till twenty thirty six. Twenty thirty six. Oh yeah. So like twenty seven. They signed it with ESPN and and. Uh, <laughs> Not good. Not a, Yo, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, because they just had the whole time, ACC network man. and all that stuff pop up. Yeah. yeah. Well, so anybody, anybody who thinks that any of those programs are making a move anytime soon, they're killing, killing themselves. There's not enough money to go around for that kind of stuff. All right, well, I mean, well, maybe think about something. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You know, adding, adding a little bit of perspective. How do you how do you feel how do you feel about the conference expansions? Like the super conference is coming on. I've been back, kind of back. It's been. I mean, I, it doesn't matter what you think about it. it doesn't yeah. Matter what you think about it. It's gonna happen. But. They don't give a shit what I think. But you know, at the end of the day, it's like it, we've been moving towards this for the last thirty years. Right. Um, I, I think at its core, 
at its core, college sports, not even just college football, but college sports as a regional thing. You know, like it's where you have Georgia playing Georgia Tech, and then you have like those rivalries like that. They mean something, and then you have they mean something to us. They mean something exactly, <laughs> exactly. But the Your thing is, the Georgia issue, mm-hmm. but the issue that we see now is you have Joe Schmo at major media, whatever the four letter one. You know, like saying, "Oh well, who would is what is so and so in." Vermont want to watch or what does person in Seattle, Washington want to watch? Oh, they don't want to watch Georgia and Georgia Tech. Instead, they want to watch Georgia play Texas. Well, okay. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like that's fine for a bowl game. And that's what the bowl games were for. That's well, literally what they were created. Yeah. And that's what bowl games that's were created for. Bowl games. <laughs> but it's it's more, more about, hey, we want all the best teams playing the best Best, oh, the other best teams, which is fine. Like, look, at the end of the day, like, that's where we've been going for a long time. And these conferences have been growing and growing and growing. I mean, we saw it in 2012. But at the end of the day, it's like you, you've lost part of the identity of college football. But that's just it's, – it's like dust in the wind, man. It's gone. I really thought we would have got a playoff expansion before we would have got a conference expansion. So conference, but it's so gonna. I think to, it's gonna lead to that. We talked to Bill Hancock, actually, last week. He's the uh, executive director of the college football playoff. It's coming. It'll be there sooner rather than later. It didn't happen this past year because they needed a unanimous vote mm-hmm. because they were under contract and everybody, they every single part, every part, it's contract law. Every party, in order to alter a contract, all parties need to sign. After next year, that's void. They can just do whatever they want to do. And so expansion's coming. It's coming. So Whether it's 8 or 12, that's the question. Yeah. Expansion is going to be here before we know. What it. I always think might happen is now that we're kind of talking about mega conferences and the way these things are starting to fold and like build up bigger is, I mean, it's almost getting closer to the NFL. Kids are getting paid money. Their conferences are getting bigger. You're thinking about a bigger playoffs. I mean, think about it. It's probably eventually going to be like, all right, top two. Like It's going to be like a bracket system of people of this conference bracket system of these people in this conference best out of this end plays best out of this end almost yep. nfc versus AFC. Yeah, I was say, it sounds a little familiar <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah. literally turning they're into trying to create mini nfl yeah they're trying that that was the goal and and look as far as money makers go i mean shit the nfl with us pretty well for itself yeah um so it would make sense that they're trying to replicate that but the thing is to me like on a personal level college football meant something and the NFL was different. I love the NFL. I love what it does, what it represents, everything, blah, 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 blah. But college football, there was always something unique about it where like the rivalries mean something and, and like the head-to-heads and, the, and then you get to the, the conference championships, bowl games, everything. All of that meant something. You know, like people say like, oh, yeah, you can go winless, but if you beat Georgia Tech, then, then that's a win. That's a good, successful season. And we're losing that. We're losing that because it's moving towards what the NFL is, which is just a moneymaker. Yeah, which I think is it fine. Used to be more than money. It used to be more like more like pride, more like school. Like yeah, school but it's like pride and all that crap. But it's also funny because it's like I, I don't obviously have a stake in it. So, and in that sense, outside of just like a viewer and somebody who loved what it was. What but was your thing, team growing up? Oh, I was a dog fan growing up. Okay, I was always a Georgia fan growing up. So it's like, but at the end of the day, it's like I see where it's going, and that's fine. Like, look at the end of the day, like well, this is this is where we're going, and this is what it's going to be. Uh, we're going to get some great football. I mean, the football is going to be great. Get about that. <laughs> and I'm going to enjoy it. For and about 30 teams. For for a handful of teams. But the, a, one of the big con, the topics of conversation, specifically from Nick Saban, and everything that that man says is is a very intentional thing. But he says, com- he used the term competitive balance. 
about 100 times during his stand-up when he was talking to the media. He's a heck of a guy to talk about competitive balance. That's the funny part, right? Yeah, yeah, like, man, you've been a dynasty for how long, and you want to talk about balance and competitiveness? Yeah, That's so, but funny. we're losing we're losing that completely, and it's going to be gone sooner rather than later. Specifically, he was talking about name, image, and likeness, yeah. just where we have like a, a level playing field right. with everybody. He even did that balance on his own with <laughs> Yeah, he, You saw what he did in the SEC. Fighting, so. He murdered the SEC. Absolutely. He took a, he took a big steak knife and, and shoved it right into the chest. Every coach got canned within like the next five years after he joined the conference. I think it's so crazy with like, you know, NIL almost controls every little media day we have with anything when it comes to college, especially like, especially football. And I mean, you look at one thing we're talking about, you know, NIL just kind of bring it. I know like talking about Georgia a lot, but look at some of the stuff Kirby Smart said in a way how a lot of people have been twisting how what he said. And they're saying it's like, oh, you just got your contract extension and you want to say like, oh, NIL can be a bad thing. But really, in actuality, all it is is they're taking his words and not manipulating, but they're like taking such a small portion out of it where he's talking about like, yeah, I think NIL can be a great thing. He's talking about one of his players paying for his dad's dialysis. But then, you know, that that's the quote they want to take out that – they're, he doesn't think kids are getting paid, but they're taking out the part where he's saying schools giving recruits or promising that money is what's bad. So I know, I know, I got to move on, but this is the last thing I'll say on this. So the specifically, the number one thing for name, image, and likeness, at least as we're moving forward into uh, into the, the into like the well, more legislation on it, that's basically that, that's what they want. They want a level playing field. They want everybody to have the same rules, because what you're seeing right now is programs in Florida that are able to say, hey, I can offer you this amount of money to come sign here. Mm -hmm. You saw that specifically with the quarterback. His name is escaping me. Jaden Rashada. Yeah. Rashada, who's, who just went and signed with Miami. They threw money at him. Mm -hmm. And those are the only two schools that were really interested because of the two schools that he was interested in because those are the two schools who could use money to recruit him. Yep. And so half the country or 90% of the country is, is completely withdrawn from that recruiting. Yep. And we haven't seen it on the larger scale yet where a lot of these guys start moving towards who can pay them better. But as far as it's pay for play goes, that's really what they want to avoid. And I completely agree with that. I, I mean, I, I think pay the guy, what Kirby said, the, the, the comment that you were talking about was like, pay the guys who are here, not the guys who are coming in. I think a really interesting case study going from this year and next was watching Texas A&M. And then the year after that is watching Miami and just seeing kind of how things play out. And I mean, Texas a and is already like having rumors slip out about how that locker room is burning at the seams because of everything going on. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how name, image, and likeness has an effect on everything. But I mean, yep. look, just college football, the NCAA screwed up by letting the states take the lead on it and say, hey, my state can do this. And then other states says, oh, well, my state can do this. And they screwed up. Um, it's, we can do a case study on all the time. Yeah. The NCAA screwed people over. But yeah, yeah no, it's an interesting thing and a microcosm of the issues with what the NCAA is. Well, Chapman. We, uh, I think we could talk about college football for probably about. I could probably four do it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've talked. I've talked a little too much. Probably. No, you're, <laughs> you're just talk taking about up a little um, NFL training camp since uh, every team went to back uh, to camp just, yesterday. Just, you can talk about whatever you want as long as you don't talk about Julio going to Tampa Bay. Just, <clears throat> well, I mean, that tore right into my soul. Really, it tore right That's into your soul. One. Right into my soul. Yeah. Julio Jones is going to Tampa Bay. Wait, how do you feel about that? It tore right into my soul. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what? To be honest, good for him. Good for him. I, th I think Tampa Bay is going to win the Super Bowl this year. I've been talking about it since Brady decided to come back. 
And uh, you know what? Julio Jones deserves to win a Super Bowl. So I just won't watch it. But good for him. <laughs> Are you going to cover any of the um, – and I'm talking to Garrett when I say this. Are you going to cover any any of Falcons training camp? Um, so we have our guy Joe Patrick up there. I've been up there a few times. I was there for the NFL draft. Um, but he will be covering a lot of the Falcon stuff going on right now. Gotcha. So unfortunately not. Maybe maybe in August. You're I'm big. like the backup. I'm backup number one. But he's probably going to be up there most of this. You time. do a lot of stuff with the Braves, don't you? Yeah. So I was uh, covering the Braves game last night, and then uh, let's see. I mean, I, I, I'm up there probably. When you say cover the three game, times. you mean like you're. Yeah, I'm just on the show, just, like on the radio talking about not on the radio, on. not not live talking. About it. I know, I know you're. Not, I know I'm you're mostly just sitting up in the press box, gathering audio, asking questions, sitting in the, and then going down to the clubhouse afterwards. That's but, pretty cool. Yeah, that's fun. But um, they give me free food, free hot dogs, and popcorn. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, I made friends with a guy who can give me M and M's whenever I want it. So oh, sweet. That's the way to do it. That's gotta know. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta know. Um, no, so I covered about three of those uh, per week. I'd say. Wow. You go all throughout the season too? Um, I picked that up starting in July. So, yeah. You didn't get to do the playoffs last year is what you're saying? Didn't get to do the playoffs. No, <laughs> I went to the playoffs crazy. as a fan. I was there as a fan. Mm-hmm. So, that, but that was incredible in its own right. So, you got any insight on what the Braves should do with the trade deadline here? I got my opinions. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, Alex Anthopoulos, is, he's, he's pent up like a – He's completely pent up. He's not going to let anything out. He, he doesn't say anything. I mean, he's been pretty tight-lipped. He has. It's the way he's been his entire tenure here in Atlanta. So I don't, the only person who knows what's going on in Alex Anthopoulos' head is probably Alex Anthopoulos. <laughs> um, but looking at this team, I mean, like you saw it today. Like, look, they need back-end bullpen help, and then they need, um, they need a, a, a fifth starter. And now you need an outfielder. Now that Adam Duvall had surgery on his wrist. There's two big names up right now in the air for for everybody. That's mm-hmm. Juan Soto and that's Shohei Atani. Yeah, they're, they're nowhere close. No chance for the Braves. Zero chance. I don't think I don't think either one no. are getting traded. So think about it this way. At so all, what period. are you paying? What Not are you paying? At least offseason. How do you how do you think Ronald Acuna would feel if you go and trade? Because you you trade for these guys, that means you're you're that means you're giving them a massive contract. We're looking at a, a 450 million dollar contract, which he's that's already said no to. Yeah, he's already said no to it. You're looking at an AAV. Of about forty-five to fifty million dollars, Ronald Acuna, who is the, the the as of now he is the future of this organization, he is the poster boy. He's making closer to twenty. How do you think he's going to feel if you go and trade for one of these guys and hand out that big of a contract? Yeah, he and Ozzy are a steal on this. Team. Uh, I yeah, think knowing cool. Ronald Acuna, I think he'd say that's great. I'll, I'm happy. You I hope so. Too. Cut my pay. Okay. I'm being, so I'm on, oh, he's not cutting his pay. You're not cutting his pay. Let's be very <laughs> clear. I'll take, I'll take <laughs> five million. That's plenty. The, yeah, that team will win a World Series. I'll say that much. Yeah. But they, they, all right, so, so point number two, they have never paid more than $25 million on any person's contract at any point in Braves history. And that was Freddie Freeman last year. And w- that, me, anybody who thinks that they're all of a sudden going to shell out $40 million, they're fooling themselves. It's just not happening. Alex and then we don't. The, what's the last thing? Third thing. Good, third you're thing. Good, you're good. You're good. They don't have the prospects. They don't have the farm system to go get these guys. They want. To, they want three or four ready-made major league baseball players plus your top four or five prospects. The top four or five prospects in the Braves organization right now are not going to move the needle because all of the guys who were the guys who made them a top top ranked farm system are playing right down the road at Shores Park. 
But one of the things that makes Alex Anthropolis such a great general manager as well is what he does with not a lot of money. Because Liberty Media, you can tell they're like, look, you're not, we're not going to let you just throw money around. You're, you can't just do whatever you want. It's do the best you can with what we're going to give you. And, and not that they give him scraps. I mean, he, you know, he spends a decent amount of money. I think we were like 11th or 10th in the league last year when we won the World Series. Eighth. We're eighth this year. So this is the largest yeah. payroll the Braves have ever had. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're not, this isn't Billy Bean baseball, you know? Like, no, not, I mean, it's not money ball. It's not anything, a shoestring but, budget. It's weird for us because I feel like we've talked about it in the past. You know, we can't beat the Dodgers, we can't beat the Yankees. But now the Braves are kind of getting up there. You know, they have some money to spend, but they're doing pretty well on a budget uh, still, even though they have some money. And I think I, I was thinking maybe Juan Soto was may he might take a little less, but I don't think he's unless he goes to the Dodgers. I think he would take less to play for a contender like that's exactly, than, that's than what he would have taken to play for four, the Nationals. I mean, what was it? Four forty. About four forty. Four forty is a lot. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to go play that's, somewhere and win, look, chump change. Point, that's chump change. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if, if, I'm, if I'm the Braves, if I'm the Anybody Braves, who's compared their na- their name thrown in with Ted Williams is worth that kind of money. I'd say if I were the Braves, 800k, five years. <laughs> I think that that that'd be a good deal. Soto's a great you? player. No, for me, yeah. And then Soto. <laughs> no, and, and I'm completely kidding. I mean, I don't. I honestly think with what we have right now, the Braves don't need to go after any superstars. It's more of just adding depth to what we have. I mean, Austin Riley's a star. He's he's proved it the last two years. Um, I think, um, friggin', I mean, our pitching's phenomenal. I mean, I think we have the best starting pitching in the National League right now. You might disagree with me, but I'd say Not you know, Ian, An- Ian Anderson's probably the only one that's been struggling recently. Uh, Spencer Strider's great. I don't trust Spencer Strider to do this. Every year, the I rest don't of, well, throughout the rest of this season, oh, really? I, I I don't know how anybody can necessarily have the utmost confidence in a rookie who's never thrown this many innings in his in his career. He's a great player. He's a lot of fun, exciting to watch. Has a fantastic fastball and needs to develop a third pitch. Um, and I think he's going to be very good. He's still twenty four years old and he's a kid. Uh, I mean, look, he was he was old. he's young enough that he was watching. Brian Snitker managed the Atlanta Braves while he was in high school. That's how young he is. God. And now he's p- pitching for him. But look, they need another starter. I, I'm not going to say they have the best rotation in baseball, or at least in the National League. They're they're very good. I mean, like they're competent, and it's good enough to win. A, potentially good enough to win a World Series. It's good enough to win the division. Um, but they, like you also from, have to remember that the the Braves last year that rotation that bullpen had some of the most Herculean efforts that I have ever seen on a baseball diamond. What those guys were able to do last year, I cannot no reasonable reasonable person can expect them to do that again. So it brings you back to the trade deadline. Uh, the trade deadline last year, some great pickups. You have Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, um, and kind of just some some pickups that weren't phenomenal. You know, it, it didn't make you think it was just like this great pickup at the time. But in the World Series, they really showed out. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, I think we're really the Braves were really good about getting those key players that you know they kind of come in and you don't think they're these big star players, but they yeah. end up filling the roles. They're, they're guys who can run. fill in the cracks, you know. Like, yeah. the, like I think Alex Anthopoulos has shown it. Like you've said, and like he's he's shown a, an, a, an apt ability to he'll find those guys and most importantly, not pay a whole lot of money for them. You know, right? <laughs> he, he, I mean, outside of Matt, o- Matt Olson is probably the only deal that we've seen. That he's sent some very serious prospects for. He's shown uh, a willingness to to be patient with the guys that he has here in Atlanta, and I think that's shown. It, it's pro- it's 
it's shown out, man. I mean, look, they, they, you have half this team that's under contract until 2025, 2026. Like, that's not a team that needs to panic and and go do something crazy. Uh, it's also a solid team. It's also a very good base. It's also a top five team in Major League Baseball. And it's young and it's cheap. So, it, it, like, I, I don't see any crazy moves happening necessarily. Like, Shohei Tani, Juan it's, Soto. It's kind of the opposite. Those guys are not going to be Atlanta Braves. I don't even think that was really a thing. I think people kind of blew that out of It's me. popped up uh, here and there. The it was, it was, it was because MLB Network had a bold they they both, a take they both and just threw, threw it, it out there. there. So, that's it. Yeah. Hey, it gives us it gives us some hey, fodder to talk about at the you know, station, honestly, you know, but it's, just it's not happening. It's, it's just it's Twitter and yeah, sports. Had media. me talking about buying an Otani jersey. <laughs> well, you go for it. <laughs> Shit, go, I'll go buy I'll if Otani if Otani is here next week, I will I will go buy everybody in this room and oh, show you Otani jersey. How about that? Otani is probably one of my favorite players in baseball to watch. Same is everybody. he the most exciting player in professional sports right now? He might be. It, it's very it's one of the most intriguing players. He, he doesn't seem to be, he doesn't seem to be slowing down. And he's pitching phenomenally. He's pit. What was it last month? He pitched as many wins as the rest of his team combined. Those damn angels, man. Those guys never seem to get it. Well, they're right. the opposite of us. They they've got two since June since June first. They are the first. literal opposite of the Atlanta Braves. We have a very good average team that will put up wins, and you know we'll win an average amount of games, but we'll win series. They have two players. They can pitch really well and hit really well. For two players, and that's it. Yeah. Speaking of the Angels, though, they got a guy who I'm actually very interested in, Noah Syndergaard. A lot of people talked about Noah Syndergaard when he was on there. the Mets, but the Mets were never going to trade Noah Syndergaard to the Braves. Let's be honest; they're never going to do something like that. Has he stayed healthy this whole year? I haven't. Actually yeah, he's, he's played. He's pitched all throughout there, so it's like he's he's been what six years in the pros or so. So, I mean, he's a, he's a fine player. He's he's one of those back end guys who can. Fill the need, you know, like he's a lifetime three five ERA guy. That's all you need. It's consistency. Nobody's going to be week in week out. I remember back in his prime, he was really really good. Like he four top, man, he was a top like five, maybe even ah, two. I say top five. He wasn't top five. He was a very five? good player. He was a very good player. He was, he was consistent. He was the name you pick up on people. Fantasy. People looked at him exactly. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Was he not better than Degrom at that certain point? I, oh, I would say he was. Maybe when Degrom was a rookie. That's what I'm saying. Like Degrom right, was a, his, like star. Degrom star, was star a late level. bloomer. Degrom didn't start doing the, Degrom the things until he was 27, yeah. kind of like Max Fried in that way. You know, so it's like not saying that they're the same pitcher, obviously, but it's like this is a guy. Who, I'd say they are. <laughs> <laughs> they bloomed. They bloomed at similar times later on in their career. So they're, they're both past the age of 25 when they actually made their major league debut and. Both actually had great great careers to this point. So, but the Braves, I, I see them adding one of those one of those guys, maybe a utility guy who can play a lot of different things in the outfield. Because as of right now, you've got a guy in Eddie Rosario. Um, what's this? Mike Ford. What's this other guy's name? I can never. Remember. Mike Ford. Mike Ford is that other DH or whatever? Marcelo Zuna. These guys are not everyday outfielders. Not these are DH guys and. They lost their only plus defender in that group, which was Adam Duvall. So that that's going to hurt, and it could really screw this team in the short term. But. Hey, are you telling me you're not comfortable with Marcelo Zuna playing left field every night? He can't throw. You, you can't run People either. Call Matt Ryan Noodle. <laughs> that wasn't the only problem. He runs. He can't even hit. <laughs> he runs. He runs like a toddler who just stole a piece of twenty-five cent bubble gum, dude. You ever seen this man run? Yes. He was waddling. I would, I would love to see him try and beat the freeze. Dude, I mean, man, he runs like Kyler Murray. <laughs> we should that's, see that. We should see that at least dude. once a week. There you go. That's how he's going to make his buck here. He's going to race the freeze. <laughs> I'd, oh, I'd, pay him, I'd pay him what he's getting paid now to see him race the freeze more than I would him playing baseball. 
Dude, he can throw it from the outfield and make it to third base. That's yeah. as far as it goes. That was a great sign. Maybe on a double bounce. <laughs> that Man. was a great sign. But the other the other thing that the, the Atlanta Braves need at the deadline. Last thing I'll say on this. Sorry, I know we're moving on. But last thing. It's not actually someone from elsewhere. It's Ronald Acuna. They need to see Ronald Acuna actually get back to playing Ronald Acuna baseball. He has been cold. He has been batting since since the Ozzy Albies injury. He's batting two oh nine. You know, they were talking about it last night. I was watching the game and um, forget who was commentating, but he was like, "Man, Ronald just looks uncomfortable at, at the plate, and we need to get him, get him back to being comfortable at the plate." Brian Jordan, yeah, Brian Jordan. Mm-hmm. You probably watching the game when he said that, and he was like, "You know, it, it'd probably be a good idea to move Dansby up to the leadoff." And as soon as he said that, Dansby smacks one, hits a double. And I'm like, wow. I wouldn't move Dansby there. I'd move Michael, Michael Harris. They moved. They did today. Michael Harris. Yeah, he Michael started. He, started, he let it off. I, I think he'd be phenomenal. Long term, that's where I think Michael Harris will be. Uh, Ronald Acuna is Ronald Acuna is still Ronald Acuna, but the thing is, and I still think that he can turn in that Ronald Acuna month, which we haven't seen yet. And when he's able to turn that in, I mean, look, this Braves team is just going to take another leap forward. But he just doesn't seem like himself right now. Something's off. I don't know what it is necessarily. I mean, he's he just maybe it's the fact that Ozzy got hurt. I was gonna we don't know. Buddies. They're buddies, yeah. I mean, like, look, if Buddy, you lose a guy like that, might have pulled the air out of there. Bit. But you lose a guy like that. Plus, you're coming back from that knee injury that he had last year, and he hadn't even hit double digit home runs yet. You know, like God, that's crazy to think that's about. That. He's got eight, eight, nine home runs. Yeah, and at least Riley's picking up the slack. You know? uh, Riley's an MVP candidate. Austin Riley picked up right where he left off last year. Riley's Austin. I've been on the Austin Riley train since 2019. I mean, that man's been big country, young, thick, Austin big Riley. country. <laughs> yeah. uh, young Austin thick. 316, baby. Well, Garrett, um, I think I've said that three times today. Well, Garrett, well, Garrett, well, well it's my new favorite thing to say. Like well, that. well, Garrett, on this show, uh, we have a special segment we call "Pour One Out, Cut Them Off," and uh, I'm putting you on the spot. Are you pour one out for? Uh, I'm going to go backwards and get one person who I'm cutting off. I'm going to pull this up on my phone. It's going to be a Pittsburgh beat writer. Just Pittsburgh beat writers right in general, you know? I'm about to say, like, are you going to call this guy out by his name? I won't use his name. I won't use his name, but it's for the city of Pittsburgh. Here, throw out your Twitter handle, too, while you're at (laughs) At GChapATL on Twitter. Hit him up up with a follow. All of the loyal listeners He's a good follow for the uh, Atlanta sports fans. Yeah, I I tweet a lot. Probably too much sometimes. Definitely too much. I enjoy it. (laughs) But... Brian Reynolds is a big name, so we were talking trade deadline specifically with uh, the Atlanta Braves. And Brian Reynolds is, well, he's a great player. Plays up in Pittsburgh. And a beat writer up in Pittsburgh proposed a trade for what it would cost to go get Brian Reynolds. So what he says, uh, I'll, I'll just read verbatim what it says right here. So it's the Pirates would receive two major leaguers in right-handed pitcher Spencer Strider and catcher William Contreras, along with three prospects, shortstop Vaughn Grisham, and left-handers Kyle Moeller and Tucker Davidson for Brian Reynolds. And I, I tweeted, I, I quote tweeted, and I said, uh, is PNC Park included? <laughs> because that's ridiculous. That's probably one of the funniest. I mean, that, that's a beat writer, too. So it's like, I get dumb things that people say on Twitter, but that's a beat writer. That's somebody with at least a little bit of credibility with one of those blue check marks that's next to his name. So come on. Um, but this is, this is probably one of the best times of year for that kind of thing. So people are crazy. But if I'm pouring one out, ooh, let me think about it. Um, I'm going to pour one out for Kirby Smart. Just signed a massive, massive contract, you know? So he's, uh, what, $11 million AAV. He's now the highest paid college football coach in the land, making 
hefty, hefty money. He's going to be up there for the next decade. So the year of Kirby, the the era of Kirby Smart has just begun. Do we think that uh, Nick Saban will retire at any point during that tenure? Yes. God, I hope so. Between now and then, yeah. The immortal or no? We're not talking about Tom Brady level yet. Not quite. Not quite. No, but that's he's he's up in his seventies now, so I don't I don't foresee him being able to do this like, until his eighties. At know? some but, point, he's going to want to retire on the lake with uh, that wife of his. Trust me. What's her name? Miss Terry. Yeah, Terry. Thank I, keep, I always, always think it's. Always I always call. Him, that I always was call actually him that was one of the funniest things from that day. Is that uh? So his, which I I could tell. I went to I followed him around that day. So I so his. One of, like most of these guys have like pocketed jokes that they use for everybody, so it makes it into the like the mainstream. His is that he got very like what are his talents? Oh, his talents. Oh, he's very good at using pledge or whatever and cleaning up and doing whatever Mysterious says at the lake house. So he's gonna eventually gonna want to retire there, right? Oh yeah. yeah, hopefully in the next two years. Maybe, probably not. Maybe one. Maybe this is his last year. I don't Maybe know. you're being optimistic. Let me ask you this <laughs> before we move on. If you if you knew Alabama was going to win a national championship, or sorry, hold on, that's a terrible way to put it. Would you give up Alabama winning a national championship this year if you knew Nick Saban would retire after he wins it? I, I want Nick Saban to be here. I love Nick Saban. I think college football is a better place with Nick Saban in it. I'm, I don't. Have to think, I would. I would, <laughs> I would take him retiring. No, all right, all right, hold on, hold on. Oh, but you, you also have to. You have to look at it from my I say perspective. That as a so this is somebody who. The older I get and the more I actually work in this industry, the more I'm like, hey, what am what is good not necessarily for for me as a sports fan, I'm taking that away as as much as I possibly can. I'm trying to bring a little bit more of an unbiased approach to it. But what's good for college football? Well, Nick Saban is. Nick Saban is probably the biggest thing that's happened to college football in the last 20, 30 years. I mean, he's certainly been the best coach over the last 30 years. So it's no Mark Rick. I think he's good. <laughs> Mark Rick's a good man. Mark Rick's a good man. Bless his heart, man. But no, no, no. I mean, Nick Saban's going to be here at least for the next couple of years. The the, the number one recruiting tool that people use against him. You mentioned this too. He's going to retire while you're there. If that's the if that's the biggest recruiting tool you have, then yeah, that's how you know he's really good. <laughs> but he's not invincible. He's he won't live forever. So he'll retire eventually. Hey, you thought about doing it after the kick six. I don't know. I don't believe not. it. I don't believe it, but it was. <laughs> I don't How long has it been since the King Six? Seven years. He almost retired in 2014. He almost did. They, they've, um, a four little network was going to offer him some money. I think that's what it was, right? So mm-hmm. CBS. That's three letters. Three letters. <laughs> Never mind. Your Texas shirt is really shining in your mouth. Yeah, I'm a genius. I wish I learned. Uh, Orlando. You got to pour one out? Yeah, so. This time of year, I really only pay attention to NASCAR, so I'm going to talk some racing here. I of wish course. Matt was here, but I'm going to talk some racing. So I'm going to pour one out for NASCAR officiating, for making rules and sticking to those rules and doing what they said they were going to do. Danny Hamlin and Kyle Busch got disqualified from this past race this weekend for doing something to the car they sh- they were told they couldn't do, and they did it anyway. And Danny Hamlin won the race, and he ended up getting... DQ'd and Chase Elliott ends up winning the race, which yes, sir. makes me mad. But yep. either way, I'm good. I'm happy NASCAR is making rules and sticking to them and enforcing those rules, even if they're are really harsh. And it's to their best drivers in the whole, the whole Cup Series. Yep. I did not watch a single second of that race, but I saw, I follow uh, NASCAR on Twitter now. So I saw when they posted that, that they had uh, disqualified Denny Hamlin. And, yeah, I was shocked. Yeah. You, so do you know what 
the 11 and the 18 did to their cars. That I don't. Them disqualified. I don't at all. All I saw was Chase Elliott under, won, and since I'm a bandwagon so, Chase Elliott fan, I was very excited. Under the the wrap that they wrapped the cars in, is not the cars aren't actually painted. Under the wrap, there were two single pieces of clear tape that were put on the actual car itself. Two single pieces of clear tape. Like to keep the wrap down? No. So, on, to- on the Toyota uh, body car, they have sharp edges. So, what they did to kind of smooth those edges out is they put two pieces of clear uh, tape to kind of smooth them out. For a small aerodynamic advantage, did it help them really win the race? Probably not. But NASCAR says you can't do anything to modify the car. They did it anyway. They got disqualified. Moving on to my cut them off, I'm going to cut off the Danny Hamlin and uh, Ch- uh, Ross Chastain feud. Hamlin wrecked Chastain going into turn one after restart, and my boy Kevin Harvick, who was running a great race, was caught up in the wreck and ended up finishing like 26th. So When's the last time Harvick ran, won a race? He is on a 63 race losing streak. Oof. He's getting old, right? Uh, he, yeah, he's 46, but I mean... That's pretty old for NASCAR, right? This eh, not really. I mean, you can run till you're you just washed at that point. You like mm-hmm. that there gets a point where you're racing really well, and then all of a sudden you're running top fifteen and top twenty. Harvick is still finishing fifth and up, tenth and up. I was gonna say he was in the final what six last year. Nah, he was he was in the playoffs, he was top twelve, that. but he made the playoffs. Yeah. But that being said, he's running a good race. Got wrecked out because of somebody else's bullcrap. So. Hopefully that whole nonsense is squashed and Harvick can win a race before the playoffs start in like a couple of weeks because he's he's 83 points behind the cut line and it's it's getting close. Is it about to start? Yeah, man. God, got a couple more races left in the I playoffs. I forgot start. it was coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much the entire fall is playoff season. Yeah, it's pretty much the entire fall. That's right. All right, wait, what you got? So, uh, in um, in honor of my road trip, I will be pouring one out for the Texas sky. As uh, you've heard in many countries' music songs. The Midwestern as, sky, actually. No, the Texas sky in general. I haven't been to Oklahoma, so I can't pour it It's better in Oklahoma. Is it? Well, I'll put it on the list. <laughs> TBD. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be on the next road trip. But see, what's funny is, you know, and Lando actually has even said it before driving through Texas and in the Midwest in general. There's just something different about a sunset when you're driving through. As soon as I hit Texas, it's the sun started coming down. Just at the point that I was driving, that's when it was coming. So I was just driving completely barren road, nothing but ranches, a couple oil rigs going into the ground. And here's the sun just falling down. And it is just like, it's like, it was like looking on like a still lake, like one of the most peaceful, beautiful things you ever seen in your life. And then I got George Strait on the radio singing me uh, Amarillo by morning, Troubadour, you know, all, all the classics. So uh, I really, I, I, I started feeling my cowboy inner spirit. Throughout that drive, did you buy a pair of boots that weren't, weren't, weren't given to you? I almost did. I almost bought a pair of boots. I think I, I decided to wait and buy some here. It, it was summertime. It was about 115 degrees everywhere I went in Texas, and uh, it was a dry 115, so it wasn't too bad, which was very nice for a sweaty man like me. But uh, it's still too hot for me to wear jeans and boots, so I decided not to. I'm wearing, I'm As Lando's wearing his jeans and boots right now, <laughs> but like I said, I, I said inner cowboy, <laughs> not outer cowboy for me. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Uh, but I am going to be pouring one off. You mean cutting one off? I want to say pouring one off. You said pouring one off. Yeah, I'm going to pour one off this week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be cutting off. I don't know. I lost it. You know what? University of Texas. 
I've already, I've already I talked like about it. it. I've already talked about it. Campus overrated. Uh, just the people around there. I don't know. Like even like in the school store and stuff. I just got the vibe. Give me a win total for the football team. Uh, this year I think, I think eight, eight and four. I'm feeling eight and four, and I think, I think this will be one of the better years of the Sarkeesian era. That's how I feel about Texas. At eight and four. At eight and eight four. And, I'm ah. dead serious. Because I think they'll go. I just. I think they'll five I'm and five. Indictment in and of itself. Because man. I think the Big Twelve. I think the Big Twelve is good, but I think the Big Twelve will be getting better around Texas. I don't think Texas is going to get much better. I'm very low on Steve Sarkeesian. I've said I've said it a lot of times on this show. So you get, the rest of them know that. But I'm not a big sure. fan of Sarkeesian. He's a good offensive mind. But I think to be a head coach, you got to be more than just a good offensive mind, especially for a program like Texas. So I don't think they're going to go five and seven next year, but I do think they'll go eight and four. Um, and for the record, I have Oklahoma winning the Big 12. Close to Baylor. Um, and yeah, but that's pretty much it. Cutting off Texas. I think the campus could be better. Uh, it gets a lot of hype that I don't think it deserves. I would love to go for a game day, and I think I still will at some point, especially once they're in the SEC, like I'll, uh, Garrett was talking about earlier. And uh, so once I get to that, I might change my opinion. But as of now, not a big fan. Keys, pour one out for somebody this week? Yeah, I'm going to give a quick pour one out. Uh, shout out to our boy, John Hurst. And we've had him on the podcast before. Uh, you know, he played for the Bucks and the Chargers previously. And now he's just signed with the Indianapolis Colts. So I uh, can't wait to see what John Hurst does in the future. You know, he's uh, one of our boys and well, we love him. Let me let me just say this too, since we're talking about John Hurst. John Hurst was one of my three best friends on Fortnite last year, <laughs> and he was in my crew. I mean, we played a lot of Fortnite together. I, well, I guess I don't even know if it was last year. Yeah, it was like early on last year before he got married. And uh, John Hurst, one of the nicest guys you ever meet in your life. He was on the podcast with us. Great, great dude. Uh, I think he's got a real shot in Indianapolis. I think, and I think so because. They, you know, they got a, got a lot of good talent there, but I think they don't have a lot of speed. And one thing that John does better than anybody else is run fast. He's a fast dude. He's got some killer hands. Uh, might be a little bit on the smaller side, but I think he, he makes up. For and it, no so. knock to him, but he's the hardest the worker I think I've ever met. Is a lot better than the talent on the the Colts, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, he's got you know he's got Matt Ryan helping him out too, which is way better than okay. the other two teams. Matty uh, quarterback. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, uh, definitely better than yeah. Tom Brady or Justin Herbert. So, yeah. um, and then uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to give a, a little second pour one out here uh, for Brittany Griner. Now it's not a thing yet. It's not a for sure thing yet. Did you see this? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll let so, him hear it. Oh, yeah, Brittany yeah. Griner. You know, she's uh, she played for the Phoenix Mercury. I guess still it, still in a contract, but she's been stuck in in Russia. Is that who she plays for? Yes. <laughs> I, I bet you didn't take that out until now, but you do now. <laughs> Uh, so she plays for the Phoenix Mercury, but she's been stuck in Russia. The United States has basically offered up a trade. Part of this trade is is her and another American for um, a Russian arms trafficker and I think some someone else. To me, it's kind of a little bit poor taste, but I've kind of had a little bit of fun with the comments. Have you have you seen? Oh, the it was the way that gold. ESPN ES, it came in as an e, like an ESPN notification, as if it was like a, a trade alert. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's like what the hell are we I saw doing? Someone here? say they should have thrown in a first rounder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
It was oh it was a trade gosh. notification from ESPN. It's like, guys, come on, man. This is it's a little bit yeah. <laughs> hey, come on, man. Better. This one from Old Row was said, Who won the Britney Griner trade? Up next on first take. Who <laughs> <laughs> won the Britney Griner? Oh hey, but, uh, you know, hopefully she does get to come home. I know she's been over there stuck for a while. She's been on, you know. She's been there for a few months now. Yeah, she she's been there for a long time. Everything in, in Russia. Yeah, we are, you guys have all seen Stranger Things, right? Yeah. And you yeah. saw how you saw how Hop was treated over there, man. Come on. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Hopefully God. it wasn't that bad. Hopefully she just <laughs> had to fight a Demogorgon. No, yeah, hopefully. Hey, he got a cool sword out of it. But um, did you know that the other person that's coming with her it was a spy? No one no one really talked about it. That it was. I didn't know there was a second person yeah, involved yeah, on her side. Very lightly talked about. Like they were like, oh, she's coming back. And then like there's always smaller things. It was an American spy that we're bringing back over. Uh, it's, uh, okay. Wheelan. Yeah. yeah. Wheelan's a spy. I'm going to have to look into that part. Yeah. That's kind of yeah, cool. I, I saw that pop through today. I thought I, th- I thought it was kind of, it's like, ah, it's a little bit poor taste, but it's kind of <laughs> funny. I hope well, the, Russian, the Russians also have like a history of like, Kind of using celebrities in the United. Yeah, from the that's United what they States were saying. Like the administration's it. pretty positive about it because of the, the you know the past transactions, whatever. Blah, blah blah. Anyway, cutting off this week. I'm cutting off the Atlanta Falcons and any Super Bowl chance for this year. I know they projected <laughs> at two and fifteen. Well, CBS did. Yeah. Do you You're think just. Do you think it's wrong? Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah, hold on, I do. I think they'll win more they'll games win than that. Games. It is. It is July 27th, and you're just now cutting off the Falcons. No, I Super cut them off chances. probably four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> But, no, you know, they'll win more. I they'll saw, win more than two games. I saw right? those projections come through today. I thought they, they CBS threw them at two and fifteen, but that's this is also the same outlet who put them at the thirty second ranked like personnel ranking. You know, like I don't think they're thirty second in the NFL. Do you? They're better. I mean, look, they're not. They may not even be the worst in the NFC South. Bottom twenty eight. Oh yeah, no, they're going to be picking top five in the NFL draft. I mean, don't get me wrong. Please. Like, this is not like a really good football team. I, Please I mean, put me top five now. I'm not. I'm not a fan of tanking. I don't like tanking. I think, I, I think I tanking is. Like, I think tanking is a fallacy. Game. I think we should try to lose every single game this year. But the, the once we might start winning, if we yeah. Well, what they're what Marcus they're doing right now is very clear. It's not that they're tanking. Is that they're clearing out all this cap garbage yes, that Thomas Dimitrov which, which is very smart. Which and what the Falcons will do is every time they're in position to get a good draft pick, they will win an above average amount of games just to drop to number seven. Yeah, do it every yeah time. but you can find you find you find talent throughout drafts. We didn't I mean, do it. But at right. the end of the day, at the end of the day, if the Atlanta Falcons have a chance to go get Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama, mm. holy shit, man! I, have you? I, I saw this guy at SEC Media Days. I watched him all last year. I know all you guys did too. He is probably the best defensive player that I have ever seen. Like at, 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 like at my age of coming out of college, he is probably the best defender I've ever seen. He's that good, and he is a game changer. But at the end of the day, you got to see what Desmond Ritter can do, man. Because if Desmond Ritter can come in and he can be good enough, if he can come in and be Dak Prescott, all in. But I don't. Fair. But odds are, odds are he is. Odds are better that he's going to be closer to a wasted draft pick than Dak Prescott. I'm. I'm a. But big you got to see Bryce, what he can do. I'm a big fan of Bryce Young too. I think Bryce Young's another. If we have a chance Stroud, Bryce Young guy. And, and, now, I, I think Desmond Ritter has a really good chance of being. I like Desmond Ritter. I know, he's, been I know. A, he's a pro. You're a right. Pro. You're right in the sense of there's a good chance, more than likely, he's going to end up being, you know, just a. I don't want to say wasted. I, that's kind of a harsh. Not harsh wasted, but a but a guy you take a chance on. He's a bona fide backup. Yeah. He's good I mean, locker room. He, he's presence. not expected to be our starting quarterback at some point. Well, I'm expecting him to be our starting quarterback. Uh, he needs to be. Do you think it's going to be Marcus Marietta? This year? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, for the whole he, year, I don't know. To start go. the year, absolutely. I just want to see what he can do. That's what I do too. I do, and that, that's kind of what I'm hoping for this year is we at least get to see 
some kind of spark out of Desmond Ritter that makes us think, well, this guy could be our franchise quarterback. And then we we have a reason to not go get Bryce Young or all Peter eyes Stroud, are on. But it's training camp. I mean, if we have the number one pick next year, and unless Desmond Ritter just balls out, I'm I'm picking Bryce Young all day. I mean, look at Matt Ryan. He took Boston College to some pretty high rankings when he was there, and Desmond Ritter did the same thing with a group of five team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, though we've seen these guys kind of have, come in and have success. I mean, third round, it's not like it's the it's purgatory, you know. Yeah. It's not like it's not like you're picking somebody in the sixth or seventh round. No. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, it, does he fit the scheme that they want to do? He he's honestly in the same mold as Marcus Mariota. He fits what Arthur Smith wants to do. He's so he's a schematic fit. He stays healthy. He's won at a high level. He has a good head on his shoulders. Arthur Smith's already talked about that. He understands the the playbook and everything else. All signs, all signs point to him being at least a competent starting quarterback in the National Football League. And at the end of the day, that's all you really need. And if you can go get a guy like Will Anderson next year, and and Desmond Ritter shows and shows you enough that you can bank on it, then see what we can do. But if he doesn't show that, like you said, there are some very good quarterbacks coming out next year who the Falcons can go and get. Uh, let's just—are they going to be picking number one in the draft next year? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Are they going to be picking in the top five? Better bet. We'll see where that is, though. It, it might, perfect storm. Perfect storm is you have two quarterback needy teams. Maybe, and then you have Trump, and then maybe Will Anderson will fall to you. I don't know. I, I'd love to see Will Anderson be in a Falcons uniform next year. I'd love that. I would probably cry if I saw us <laughs> get an well, We've been talking about how five, you have a, we've had pass rush issues in the, for the Atlanta Falcons for the better part of 15 years. Look, I mean, not that I didn't love Tag McKinley. <laughs> or or Vic Beasley minus uh, 2016. But we need a pass rusher bad. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen us have a good pass rusher. I'd say, you know, John Abraham. John Abraham is the last one who did it when, yeah. he, when he led the team in, ta- in sacks in 2012. And they led that team to the NFC Championship game. You, know you have I mean? Vic Beasley who had an anomaly of a season, 15 and a half sacks in 2016. They're in the, in the, they're in the damn Super Bowl. So you see what a, a good, competent pass rush does for you. Well, and it's been amazing to see how we've just completely neglected the offense, the offensive and defensive line. It's, well, it's the, not for a lack of trying. Thomas Dimitrov, bless his heart, just couldn't figure that kind of thing out. All right, and uh, last but not least, we got Ian. What's your poor one out? So my poor one out, um, Notre Dame. They just released some new uniforms. I'm not going to lie. When I first saw them, I didn't really like them. Uh, I felt like they gave me too much of a great Gatsby Notre, look. Notre Dame College? Yeah, release new uniform. They're pretty sick too. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, they look pretty good. I I didn't really like them at first, but as I looked more at them and saw some stuff they were talking about them, they really grew on me. I mean, they look clean. They got like just enough gold. It's like all gold and white. I feel like the helmet's a little too much gold, but that's just Notre Dame saying, so I can't hate it. I mean, I do like it. I think it looks good together. I don't know. You can't mess with a good thing. They have a perfect system. Yeah, I hate these. They look like Georgia Tech. Uh, yeah, but the, like look at the end of George at the Bennett end of it all. Like you look at you look at perfect college uniforms. Notre Dame is one of them. Yeah, the I gold mean, domes, the no, blue no, navy I, I blue. Mean, I, hate, I hate their new ones. Is what I'm saying. I, yeah, they're, they're fine. I mean, it's they're a good, good new thing. It's a it's good fun. New thing. They're trying it's it. Not. I, Notre Dame needs to quit with this crap because they did the same <laughs> stuff <laughs> with the they, green. As long as they don't do green helmets. they wore like the Yankee jerseys when they played those, in uh, Yankee Stadium. Those, those were terrible. Some of those were terrible. Notre Dame's got to quit. Notice, see, Notre Dame, I'd say out of every school, Notre Dame and Alabama more than anybody. Don't Auburn no, too. No alternates. No 
Auburn probably has my favorite uniforms. I love Auburn college, fo- college, college football. Auburn. Yeah, I just wish the, they weren't Under Armour, but I do. I like the Under Armour. I Fine. I think they do a good job with it. Notre Dame is just classic uniforms. Yeah. I love them. I like them. I, I like, like Notre them. Dame's. Alabama, kind of I like Alabama's. I'm not a big fan of numbers on helmets. But Alabama's just it's timeless, it's, but it's classic, yeah. I, and I say timeless. never change from Texas. Uh, Texas has some great ones. USC has some great yeah. ones. All these blue bloods, yep. man. I love them. Well, if I was gonna cut one off, uh, who I'm gonna cut off is Sam Darnold. Did y'all see that video of Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield just walking? Everybody's bigger, 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 and Sam Darnold just shaking his head, looks depressed as can be. I mean, poor guy. I mean, yeah, he didn't play good this past season, but it was just kind of funny to watch everybody scream at Baker like he was a superstar, and Baker's waving everybody like the president, and then you just got Sam Darnold shaking his head, all sad, moping around. And he also towers over battle. Baker Mayfield. That's a quarterback battle that doesn't make any sense to me. None whatsoever. <laughs> you've got you've got three guys in there, all three of which are, I don't know what to expect from that group, man. Like you have Matt Corral in there, just added him from Ole Miss, a guy who apparently made a mistake by going to Ole Miss, which yeah. is probably one of the dumbest things I've ever I, heard. I can't believe he said that. Why yeah. would you say that out loud? I don't know. Did I you guys see these it. comments? Yeah. 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 Matt I Corral think, comes out and says, he says basically he made a mistake because, oh yeah, I didn't never had to do with a quarterback contract. Yes, right? you did. Yeah, well, now, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if it was about that or not. I know Chad talked about that, but he pretty much, yeah, he straight up said, I made a mistake going to Ole Miss, and if I could go back now, I would, I would – Think be more confident in myself with uh, with my. I'm pretty sure he was originally a Georgia commit at one point too. I don't know. No, he was, was never a Georgia commit, but he was. Or was there was just talk a heavy, of him. Okay, going, that's I what it tell was. You. But before that's, he committed to Florida, I know that I know that the first person who called him was Lane Giffen, saying, "What the hell are you doing, uh, man? <laughs> You're making us look bad." I was going to say, dude, I just I mean, missed out on Arch Manning, and now this. Well, they're, <laughs> they got Jackson Dart. Their fan base is obsessed with him too. I mean, Arch, he's he's like maybe one of the most Arch Manning beloved. is royalty. The Manning family is royalty. Well, Matt Corral, but, oh Matt Corral, yeah, I mean Arch Manning too, but Matt Corral is. One of the most beloved Oxford, Mississippi. Oxford, Mississippi is a fantastic place. If you oh, awesome. I went last year for the first time, and we're, I'm going again this year. I can't wait for it. And you know what? Before we end our Pour One Out segment, we can't let this go by without being talked about. Pour One Out for Matt Howell. Uh, he's not here with us this week. He is on daddy duty, and uh, I think he has a little bit of a fever or something going on. Uh, so we're pouring out for Matt because he won top three in the I Want Abs Challenge. Uh, he was number. He was third place. Which is phenomenal. I think he lost eighty something pounds, something like that. He looks incredible. He looks he looks awesome. I know um, a lot of you guys probably don't get to see him every week like we do, um, except for this week. But he, from the beginning of the show till now, I mean, it looks like a completely different guy. So good for him. And uh, I know he did it for his family. Wanted to do it for his kids and for his wife and uh, be an inspiration for others. And I think he definitely did that. So yeah, anyone what ten thousand dollars in Bitcoin and Bitcoin something like that. So. So, Good for Matt, man. I think is worth. Matt, he doesn't. He really does look great, and and he keeps going too. He he hasn't stopped. He's kept grinding. Hey, so he's, he's first place in my eyes. First so, place in our first place eyes. in our eyes. First so yeah, pour one out for Matt. Well, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Before you guys log off today, please don't forget to drop us a five star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on our Instagram and TikTok at Around the Keg and our Twitter at Around the Keg Pod. If you'd like to help support future episodes, please click the support link in the description of today's episode or check out our merch at AroundTheKeg.com. Send us any questions or topics you want us to discuss on the show, and we'll be happy to include as much as we can. Have a great week. See y'all.